dear chief, much has happened since we last spoke. Welcome to Dear Chief Podcast, where your hosts and their guests share the 411 of being married to the people who respond to 911s. Take a peek into fire family life and get unabashed advice on how to prevent forest fires in your marriage. Now, here's your hosts, two seasoned firewives, Audra and Chelsea. Welcome back to Dear Chiefs. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Audra. Last week, we talked to Daniel from 911 Buddy Check. Daniel's story really touched us, and Daniel's friend James Boomhauer is here with us today to tell us his story. Today, we have the pleasure of talking to him um, from Stay Fit for Duty. James is a critical career analyst, paramedic, and Boston flight, and the founder of Stay Fit for Duty. The mission of Fit for Duty is to help medical professionals treat their mental health with the same dedication and tenacity as they treat the physical health of those they took an oath to help. Fit for Duty has three goals. One, to support and advocate for the need for mental for better mental health and resilience education and practice in the medical profession. Two, to advocate for and help teams create peer support programs and their institu- with their institutions. Three, Help align individuals in need with members of the mental health profession who understand medical professionals, their worldview, and ideals in a way that gives them the best mental health care possible. So, hey, James, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for reading all that. That's quite a mouthful. I appreciate it. (laughs) Well, you sent us your bio and I kind of, we kind of condensed it. So um, that was what we came up with. So what do you think? That was perfect. Yeah. That was great. Thank you. So tell us about how you achieve these three goals. Oof. Oh, that's a great first question. Um, <laughs> We're just going uh, out there. We're just, that's just how we roll. We just hit you with it. Okay. Um, I, I think for the, the primary goal of, I shouldn't say primary, but, but for, for number one of, of getting first responders and medical professionals to treat their mental health the same way that they treat their patients' physical health I think it all revolves around mindset. So many of us in the first responder community, um, and, and I include spouses in that discussion because we all think that we hold this like really heavy burden of, I have to be the helper, I have to get out late, I have to suffer so other people can help. And as you two know extremely well, right, that trickles down to everyone, right? My partner knows I'm not going to be home for dinner. They know I'm not going to make date night. They know all of these things. And we just wear it. And, and we really romanticize this idea of who's got the heaviest burden, who's walking with the heaviest load, who's got the most going on Well, they practice medicine or first response or whatever their branch of the civil service community is. And we have to realign people with the idea that if you don't take care of yourself, that you're not going to better take care of other people. I think physically, we are starting to make this alignment a little more clear in the sense of it's not a big stretch for me to say, if you don't watch what you eat, if you don't exercise regularly, you could die providing this service for other people. I think our our military personnel know that all too well, right? Look at the physical training that they undergo each and every day just to stay fit for their respective mission or for their obligations overall. On the mental health side, it 
it's not that much of a stretch to say, if you take care of up here, if you help your mind stay right, if you can work with the underpinnings of mental health, you will be a much better provider for an infinitely longer term. So the, the shortest answer to that is, is kind of stopping this romanticization of the flawed and, and troublesome healthcare provider or civil servant and reinforcing that with treating your mental health with the same necessity and priority as you do every other aspect of your job. All right. Yeah, because That's... it's not a flaw, right? Exactly right. It's not a flaw. No, no it's, it's absolutely natural. not a flaw. We all, we all struggle with stuff. Um, and we, you know, we do need to humanize ourselves a little bit more than we do, I think in general. So, um, with that, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out on a limb. You give a really great talk, um, about how not to integrate your partner, um, in your career. Right. And I want you to give us that talk today. Oof, that, that hits so hard. Um, (laughs) so I, I can tell you it's because I failed a hundred thousand times, right? Um, my, my go-to line would be, I know traffic was really bad today, but a child didn't die in your arms, right? Like launching into this, it's you versus me, not that it's us. And if I'm not showered with like all of this compassion from underlying PTSD that I didn't know that I had, right? Then I couldn't possibly like be your equal or I needed you as my partner to be all of these things to me, which at some point becomes unrealistic, right? I think we romanticize dating and or being in a relationship with a civil servant in one method or another. And like I said earlier, we take on that burden, right? We acknowledge that our lives are going to be a little bit different because our loved one participates in this profession, right? It is obviously a little tweaked depending on the profession you're in or if you're military or civilian, but it's there and it exists. Um, The first thing that the provider has to do is recognize that this person is on your team. And it is, is so, so painfully frequent for me to see people that are like, oh, I have to do this, or she's making me do that. And it's just the silly adversarial discussions that start right off the rip. And we are, we're all really bad at recognizing when we're being unintentionally adversarial, right? My dad does not call my mom the old ball and chain, right? How many people have heard that in their lives? Like, oh, this is my ball and chain, and this is this person that directs me or makes me do this thing, doesn't understand what I'm going through day to day, but it's somebody that I said a bunch of words to one day and put a ring on, so I'm just going to kind of grin and bear it. Instead of, this is my partner, this is my teammate, this is another person that I can bounce these ideas and problems off of. When you start to change that, then it's much easier to ask for what you need on both sides. Um, I, Dan and I were, were just in another uh, webinar the other day and we said, you know, there's nothing worse for a paramedic to do than to paramedic a problem at home. You know, imagine if the dishwasher didn't work and I kicked the door in, right? And like called seven people and immediately started to like do this really complicated thing. Like that's a, that's a paramedic solution, right? That's not a, a partner solution. That's not a real solution to what's going on. That's so funny because we, we literally call sometimes stuff that's happening in our house yeah. triage like okay we got it we have to triage this real quick and it's like wait no this is not yeah work. yeah like, 
Right. Stop, stop if you that. can do it, great. If you can acknowledge that what you do in civil service, and I, I know I'm being so vanilla with that term because I want to be as inclusive to as many people as possible, but if you can do it, great. If you and your partner can multitask and triage things, right? Well, he's got to go to school right now. The laundry doesn't have to get folded right now, right? That's completely appropriate. But if, like you said, that sucks you back into this whirlwind of hearing pagers in the background, right? And the minute are going off, then it's not something useful. Um, I also mm-hmm. found, and this is very, very vague, right? But I think a lot of people forget that you can start a relationship on square one that day. It doesn't have to be the partner you just met. You can be married to somebody for 10 years and restart a process or change a process. Uh, I'm very, very guilty of that. If I had believed that and been aware of it, um, I think I would have been married by now. I think earlier, uh, significant others of mine and I would have made it through. Uh, There's this really bad idea that like, well, it's been five years. It's never going to change. Well, why? Why isn't it going to change? Why can't we approach this? We don't follow the same protocols and procedures that we followed five years ago. So if you acknowledge that that is true, why can't your partnership be true? Um, And I know that the list is long and really fragmented, but the other really big thing I mention is you're a civil servant and a partner to someone and they are not one in the same. You have to acknowledge that you have to give to your partner because your partner gives to you all the time. And if you don't recognize that shared space within your partnership and you don't recognize from the terrible example that I gave earlier that my partner being stuck in traffic for two hours was terrible for them and would make any of us miserable and didn't need to be held against the lens of a dying baby, things start to get a lot easier. Not perfect in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not a marriage and family counselor, right? But they do start to get easier and you can start to work through that process. So it's a lot of breaking down these barriers that we put in our own way as we go about that. Yeah, and when you break down the barriers, you understand each other. Exactly right, right? exactly right. Um, I, I have friends of mine that that often complain about like their partner's unwillingness to understand the job or they don't get it or they just don't know. Well, have you tried to explain that to them? I mean, I one of the more mm-hmm. satirical comments I make is this is the only profession where it's okay for someone to text your significant other at three in the morning. Right, like, man, woman doesn't matter. But like, my partner knows that if my cell phone rings at three in the morning, it's who you better get that not who on earth is calling you at three in the morning. And who is this, right? It's a, yeah. hey, get up. Someone needs you. That is a big shift from people that aren't in civil service or people that aren't part of 24-7 suicide hotlines or people that don't have this kind of 24-7 always on component. But my rebuttal to that for I'm so sorry we're on we're in zoom world and I think I just cut Audra off I apologize um my rebuttal to that is (laughs) you need to make the time to be wholly there for your partner and I'm not awesome at that the the level of commitment it took for me to actually shut my phone off one day and then not be in a cold sweat while I was on a date was huge because what if somebody needs me or what if something happens or oh my god you are not the only clinician in the universe. You are not the only person that can handle this problem. And if you communicate, which you're going to hear me say again and again, communicate to your team. Hey, Audra and I have date night tonight. I'm out of service. Uh, my phone will not be on. Call me tomorrow. Right. That's if the world really, ends. That's a really tough one. That's, mm-hmm. that's, 
And I think from the spouse's perspective, we have to give some grace to that because that's, wow, I can't even imagine being my husband and having to be like, I have to put this away right now. You know, like, so for me, that's a grace thing, you know, Um, and that might not be true for someone else. But for me, it's like, okay, I understand that this is your job. I signed up for this, like, you know, and yes, there are times when I need your undevoted attention, but we need to give them grace. Absolutely. For me, it's the total opposite because there are times when he is so, you can tell, you know, when they're, they're not present, right? And our big rule in the house is like, you need to be present when you're here. And, you know, of course, there are certain times when I give him grace because obviously, especially right now when there's, you know, there's strike teams out, there's, you know, the, the schedule's complete chaos. And, you know, when he, like yesterday, when he called and said, I'm not, I'm not coming home. Sorry. I, you know, so-and-so had to go home. They had a family emergency. So I'm going to cover the stations. And I was like, okay, you know, whatever. So, but, you know, for the most part, probably not during fire season, which is, you know, almost our entire life now in California. We already talked about there is no such thing as fire season in California anymore. Right, it's just fire. Yeah. We're like fire all the time. December. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe February this year. Yeah. I, our rule is like, especially um, when we're out is no phones. Like the phone stays in the pocket. The phone stays in the purse, the phones, even at dinner when we're with the kids, the phones, at least for an hour have to go away. And, you know, if they call, they'll call you back. You'll get a message. And if, you know, you call them back in an hour, great. If they still need you then, then we'll figure that one out. But it's always important, especially in our house, that we need to take a minute and you, we need presence because otherwise there's no connection, there's no communication, and it just turns into this just monumental explosion. Yeah, and, and I agree with that. I, I just feel like we can't like put it in a box. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh, yeah, well, you're home, so turn your phone off. That's one of those things where it becomes like a, a grace thing for me. Yeah. And we definitely have that same rule during certain times of the day. Yeah. Um, but absolutely. It wouldn't be like, nice to put that phone away, right? I understand that when they turn that phone off, there is a heart palpitation that happens. You know, there, <laughs> there is an anxiety that's going on. Like, oh my gosh, California's blowing up with fires and I have to turn my phone off. Like, what are you, what, what do you mean? Like, you know, so I think that's, that's really what I meant was mm-hmm. that we have to understand what they're yeah. going through when we ask them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue, please. <laughs> I, I love that. Over your podcast. Okay. Oh my God, this is great. I, I actually, I, understanding that I'm preaching to the choir, right? Yeah. I, I understand your platform. I've listened to your episodes. Like I'm preaching to the choir. Does your partner know that you're extending them grace? And that's my big question, right? If you're asking me to shut my phone off for an hour, I'm going to be like, I shut it off for an hour. Why is she still mad? Right? Like 59 minutes and 59 seconds, the phone comes back on and do what you asked. So <laughs> there's an understanding of, because I, at listening to both of you explain kind of the grace that you extend to your partners, I, on any given week, am the peer supporter on call for my agency. I, it's rare in the, the healthcare role that I play as a transport specialist that I would be called in from mission. It, that that's very rare. I no longer hold that like on-call clinical role, but I used to in a number of different departments. I 
am the peer supporter, which can be called 24-7-365. I am just like Dan, a fellow that just gives out my cell phone number to people in crisis. I'm part of a 24-7 suicide emergency hotline. And that's where I get nervous. It's like, well, mm. what if in that one moment, like everything's down? So my, my partner understands the gravity of the request. And I understand that she understands the gravity of the request and how kind of mutually exclusive that can be. And I also can't help but acknowledge that it's helpful when it's off for a little while. Yeah. Um, I also think depending on the level of ADHD or ability to multitask in your partner, gentle reminders of, hey, Wednesday, date night, do you have coverage? Are you squared away? Because for me, honestly, and any woman I've ever dated who I don't think are all going to listen to this podcast, but any, any that do, right, would completely acknowledge that James would have 100%, but he forgot that date night was Wednesday. So he's there with the flowers and ready, but forgot to get coverage and mm-hmm. is worried to shut off his phone. And I'm sure you've both seen the level of anxiety in your partners. And Chelsea, you, you kind of alluded to this when they shut off their phone, like that, like intentional, oh, what if I miss something or what happens there? So mm-hmm. acknowledging that the grace has to be shared both ways and what it means to you when that happens can be really helpful. So your partner doesn't just think that they're like checking one more thing off of, this goes back to this whole idea of like shared partnership, like the honeydew list of like, why is Audra upset? I shut off the phone for an hour, you know, or when that breakthrough call does come, because it will come for sure. And that is part of the plight of being a partner of someone in civil service. How do you get that time back? You know, I should be able to acknowledge my partner's unbelievable ability to be fluid in that moment and to say, nope, this one counts. You have to go. I understand you have to go back to the station. I understand you have to go to work. So what can I do to make that up for them? Mm-hmm. And acknowledging that there's still 30 minutes of time there. Like, how can I pay that forward when we come back? Or to the very true point of anyone in the Pacific Northwest right now, in what season can I pay that back, right? Because this may just be a perpetual state of chaos for a little while and that's okay. And when I ask the partners to burden themselves with those that aren't in healthcare or civil service is how can I maintain my partners and my own mental health during this time of chaos? Because I'm easy. Mental health is 24 seven, 365, right? Outside of a pandemic that hit Boston pretty hard, there is very rarely a like crisis point, knock on wood, of like all hands on deck, this is going to be a thing. There are breakthrough events here or there. But if you know that you have a, a chunk of a season that is just nonstop chaos, can you build in that time? And can you monitor their mental health? Will you monitor your own and then count for something in the future? Like, but we're going to Disney in December or it's a family trip for four days and wherever. And can you build those spaces in there? Mm. Yeah, we actually just, um, my husband and I just had that conversation last night. We know um, this California is just lit up. Um, and unfortunately he just transferred units last year and he didn't have seniority. So he didn't, get his MOU vacation time like we usually plan it out. And so we were looking at October 3rd before he actually has scheduled time off that he is guaranteed. Um, And so it was like, okay, so what are we doing like between now and then to make sure that our kids are good, to make sure I'm good, to make sure you're good. Um, And we came up with a plan. And that's, it's important that we're, even when we're in these times, that there is a plan to reconnect somehow. And fortunately for us, he's not on the fire line. So it's a little bit easier for us. But um, I think you're right. Like, we have to make up for it somehow. Um, So schedule your vacation time, you know, make sure that you have time off, you know, every so often so that you actually get to see your family, Um, especially in California. (laughs) 
Seriously. So, yeah. James, yeah. I want to ask you a question because this one. Shoot. What would you say to a brand new um, significant other? Like, what would your best advice be to that person? I'm kind of there right now. So that's a perfectly, perfectly oh. timed question. Um, it's awesome. It's a clean slate. It's, it's so easy to say, like, in 10 years, you can just hit reset. And every marriage and family counselor listening to this went, no, it's so not that easy. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great mindset, but there, there's all this other stuff behind it. Right. Um, it's a clean slate. You can communicate. You can talk and just ask your partner what they need. I, I've never once had a partner in my life say, I wish you would stop asking me what I need and how you can do that for me. <laughs> right. right. Never. Um, and if you're unclear, ask the question. Um, I can't tell you how many fights I've been in that have lasted for weeks or months that ended with, wait a minute, did you mean this instead of that? Oh my God. If I knew that, like we're not even arguing about anything. Um, so go slow, speak about what you need. And remember we have a clean slate and that this is a bananas time to be anyone in the world right now, right? A hundred times in life, we've been able to say, it's a hard time to be a healthcare provider. It's a hard time to be a paramedic. It's a hard time to be a physician, a nurse, a firefighter. Now it's just a hard time to be, right? It's challenging for everyone. And yes, healthcare providers and civil servants have their own unique complications. And yes, individuals in California and the Pacific Northwest have an extra layer of challenge. And those of us in ever-growing pandemic e spaces have their own challenges. But this is a unique time where we can all agree that things aren't awesome. And hopefully you can use that to, as Chelsea said, extend one another some grace and say, we're all struggling to get through this right now. How mm. can we do it? Yeah, no, that's awesome advice. I think, um, for anybody who's in a brand new relationship, it's definitely, you, you can't just hit the, you know, 10 year fast forward and then, Oh, we can restart. That's not yeah. an option. Yeah. Um, okay. I think we're going to put you on the hot seat. Awesome. Are you ready? I'm Chelsea, ready. Are you ready? All right. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat today. For those of you that don't know what the hot seat is, we just rapid fire questions and, um, you answer them as quickly as possible with a little thought involved. Um, so it's like first instinct. All right, here we go. Right. What was the last book you read? Ooh, Black Box Thinking. I don't remember the author. <laughs> what does integrity mean to you? Your ability to look at yourself in the mirror. Ooh, I love that one. Oh, James. Whew. Good one. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. That, Ooh, well, all right. yeah, no, that was, that, I'm like, wait a minute. Can we, can we? Can we unpack that? <laughs> let's let's for a second. Can we unpack because... that? <laughs> oh, I thought it was just gonna be the next question. No, nope. did not prepare nope. it. <laughs> nope. right. We call it timeout. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> because looking in the mirror is so different than you know saying this is what I should be doing. This is when you're looking at yourself, you're like self, right? Mm -hmm. So tell yourself when you when you look in the mirror what integrity means exactly you know you know what the right and wrong thing is to do right 99 uh, of people understand without question right and wrong right integrity is your ability to look at yourself in the mirror and say you did that or you didn't and here's why and your ability to sit with that and be okay with that yeah that's amazing um i i seriously i kind of 
dumbfounded right now because I don't even know how to put that in words because that was exquisite. Oh, I'll um, take it. Thank you. Okay. What is one thing you would tell your younger self? Overtime isn't everything. Oh, Ooh, that was good too. I love that. That, that is something my dad told me to be fair and I shrugged it off forever, but here I am, you know, a little bit older and a little bit wiser. I would almost always have the day off rather than the overtime. God, I 100% every husband listening right now, please take note of what was just said. <laughs> and it's what, what I'll say. So I don't get hate mail either is it's a balance, right? I need, I need overtime. I don't make millions. I plan overtime into my schedule. But similar to integrity, you know when you're picking up overtime because you got the time and you're ready to help out. You know when your team really needs you and you have to find that balance between self to service, which very much exists. Um, but you also know when you're just, you don't know what else to do and your life is falling apart, so you pick up some overtime. Yeah. Those times take the day. Yep. That's James, 100%. Yep. Thank you for that. You could not have hit that more that that's Perfect. yeah that's that's the sound bite for the whole episode um right. <laughs> ready here comes another one what is your greatest weakness listening no i'm kidding um <laughs> planning planning is my biggest weakness what is one thing you do for yourself every day oh um i try really hard to practice gratitude i try really hard to talk about things that are going well in my life or things that I'm doing well or working to do well instead of just focusing on the negative. Yes. 100%. Love it. What's your favorite meal? Ooh, you mean breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Yeah. Or you mean like, like what wait, I'd pick? No, no, no. I mean like, what do you, okay. what's your, fa- what's your favorite thing to eat? Oh man. Dan Mills is going to shudder, but I'm a, if I need comfort food or if I need to like think happy thoughts, I'm eating Taco Bell. Oh, James. Yeah, I know. Oh, I know. yes. Taco I know. Bell's the best. I know. I know. <laughs> that's that's yes. definitely the ultimate comfort food. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Um, what's the weirdest thing you've cooked for dinner? Hmm. That's a tough one. I cook all the time. I'm trying to think of, like, what would meet the category of weird. Maybe. Um, I definitely try to do too much cauliflower things. I, I try to make cauliflower into stuff that it's not. <laughs> um, and, and it doesn't always come out awesome. I had a homemade cauliflower pizza that turned into like a stew because it just didn't, oh. it didn't, yeah, it, it didn't work out. It didn't hold, but That's... yeah, we'll, we'll put that there. Okay. Cauliflower <laughs> stew pizza. Got it. Yeah, it was gross. <laughs> what do you do when you can't sleep at night? I don't often have trouble sleeping. Thank oh, God. I'm the, I'm the like fall asleep five minutes before the podcast for a quick snooze kind of guy. Um, I think I move my body. Like in the rare times that I can't sleep, I try to get a workout in. It, nothing crazy, but like some stretching or some something. Because um, I oftentimes when I can't sleep, it's because of like back pain or something like that. So I try to do something to loosen up that space and go from there. Oh, smart. What is one thing you do to reconnect with your significant other after a shift? Oh, this is so, it's so silly. Um, honestly, um, we just like hug. There's like a really solid, purposeful post-COVID shower hug. 
Um, I believe we stole that from John Kim, uh, the angry therapist, uh, but he talks about embracing your partner for six seconds, like a solid six seconds. Um, and that's it. Yeah. Yep. We do that too. Okay. That's a really good, like that gets those endorphins going. That's, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, this is helpful too. I, I had a partner eons ago that felt like the, the intimacy needed to be like immediate. Like, I don't care that you're covered in blood, like love me. Um, I, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> um, the, it gives you enough time to like reset. You're like, okay, I'm going to shower. I'm going to not smell like I've been in a fermenting flight suit for 12 hours. <laughs> and then like, I'm going to embrace and not be like embarrassed about the embrace or anything like that. That's, that's awesome. Last one. And I, this one's going to be hard for you. What is one thing you're grateful for? <laughs> I'm grateful for the really messed up screwy life that I've had that brought me here. Um, whole lot of like individual things in there for sure, but I'm, I'm knock on wood pretty happy with where everything is right now. And I'm very aware that if life hadn't taken a million wrong turns and a million U-turns and a million detours that I wouldn't be here. So yeah. life <laughs> i think is, yeah, I is think the short all, answer I think we all could be a little bit more gr- grateful for life right now like yeah honestly in the middle of a pandemic and all this craziness you know if you can still say that you're pretty content i think it's a good thing yeah and dig yeah. for dig for little things um i feel like i'm just parroting back a post that i said but if you struggle with gratitude like does your coffee suck does your car work do you like the hoodie you have on like Gratitude can start super easy. And when I'm spiraling out of gratitude and like yearning for friends to give me that gratitude, like we start there. Like, oh, I had a great partner today. Or, oh, like I was able to get to work on time. Or I have a car that runs because I haven't had any of those things at certain points in my life, right? So it's easy to like circle back and, and look at very tangible things and build your way up from there. I, uh, I attended a motivational speak uh, conference a few years back and one of the speakers and I can't even remember what her name was said that when she's not feeling grateful and she's having a bad attitude, she puts herself on a timeout. She says, go sit on the step until you, until you can be grateful for something. And, and for her, it was five things. She had to list five things that she was grateful for before she could get up off the step. Um, I love that. And so we kind of implemented that at home with our kids. You know, you're having, I see you're having a hard time right now and maybe you're not being so positive. So go sit outside on the step, come back when you're ready to be grateful for what we have. Right. And it's interesting how the mind shift and the attitude changes when I'm grateful for my cup of coffee in the morning. You know, I'm grateful that my car runs. I'm grateful that even my sky is filled with smoke right now. I'm my house isn't on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, just those little those little tweaks that you can make in the mindset. You know, I'm even I'm even happy I had a fight with my spouse today. You know, like because he was here to have yeah. it with, right? Yeah. yeah. So if we can tweak our mindset just a little bit, I think life gets a lot lot easier. Absolutely. And for anybody listening who's rolling their eyes as we talk about gratitude, gratitude does not mean forget about the problems. Like this isn't a way to like just whitewash over the problems. It's a way to kind of stop the spiral because any of the three of us could have you in tears of all of the problems we're going through now, right? And all of the negatives that we're going through now. But I can also tell you that I'm staring at a freshly curated batch of cold brew, right? Like 
that I'm kind of excited for. <laughs> like, I really want to try it. And um, I'll add to that and say that I'm thankful for my problems. Yeah. I'm here yeah. to have them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Um, my problems and, and working through my problems and growing through them made me who I am today. And so without yeah. them, I wouldn't be who I am. So let's be grateful even for our problems. Sometimes we're going through a valley and we can't see the forest for the trees, right? Right. And if we just hold on to the fact that we do have things to be grateful for, even that, that hard time that we're in, we should be grateful for that too. So. And l- let your friends know you're doing it. Like if you, if you need help finding gratitude, because it's a practice and some days I'm great at it and very Dalai Lama-esque and other days I'm not, <laughs> um, <laughs> like reach out to your friends and tell them like, hey, like what's good in your world right now, right? We all say that. We don't think we say it. We're like, hey man, what's good? Like, but really, what's good? What, what is like a positive thing in your world right now? And that can help you recalibrate what's going on. Like in your own mind, you're like, oh yeah, that's going well for me. Or like you said, there is a lot of smoke, but my house isn't on fire, which is a phenomenal metaphor for a lot of things. Um, you, can, you can tease that out well. Letting like your friend group know, I think women are infinitely better at this than men, not to put kind of gender labels on it, but women are infinitely better at talking about feelings with one another than men are with one another. Um, it's a good way to say like, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. This is something that I'm trying to you know work on every day. Um, Tell me what's good. Tell me two good things. And I'll tell you two good things. And it can be whatever they need to be. But it's a good, slow, steady process that helps you kind of reframe your brain without ignoring the problems that you have. Because they're still valid and they still need some love too. That's awesome. Okay, James. We are super grateful to you for coming on and talking with us today. Um, You have a link tree on your Instagram bio, right? I do. Yep. And it's... Uh, your Instagram is at stay underscore fit the number four duty, right? That's it. Yeah. And then, of course, we'll tag you when we um, upload the podcast. Awesome. And I appreciate that. Um, we just thank you so much for being here with us today. I, this was awesome. I, many aha moments. And oh, wow. Awesome. Okay. Hold on. Awesome. I got to rethink my life now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being so patient with me. I really appreciate that. Oh my gosh. No, thank you. Seriously. Um, so you guys can follow James on at stay underscore fit number four duty. And um, as always, if you love our podcast, you can check out our Instagram handle at dear chiefs podcast. We've got our link tree up and then you can like and comment on our posts and um, give us a review on Spotify or iTunes or Buzzsprout. And we just want to thank you all for listening and hope you guys have a good day. And that's it for us over and out. Thanks so much for tuning in. Tune in weekly for the 25,000 foot view of loving a first responder. Audra and Chelsea over and out. (laughs) 